progress. <coughs> okay, so we're up to the bottom line of Yudzayin Amid Beis. What we were talking about last time is that there's a requirement to have a date on a get. The reason being is Machleg Rav Yechen Rish says because we're afraid that if there's no date, then the wife might commit adultery, and in order for the husband to protect the wife, he won't, uh, he'll give a get without a date. And because there's no date, she'll claim that she was divorced at the time and she was single and it wasn't adultery. Secondly, Rish Lakish says the reason is because we're concerned about Nechsimelug. Nechsimelug means that while she's married, the property that she brings into the marriage, the husband has the rights to the Paris, but she owns the, the, the principal. But he's allowed to benefit off the principal. So if there is no date on the get, then he's going to continue taking stuff that's not his past the date and claim, you know, and, and say, well, because again, he has it until it's either written or signed. It's a machlokas. But basically, it's if there's no date, then he's going to continue taking it, and then she's going to claim, well, you took it after we were divorced. And he said, nah, there's no date to prove it. We then had a machlokas tanoim. What happens if it's predated? Meaning the date is written before the signatures. So the date is written on June 5th, and it was signed on June 6th or June 7th. So it's a machlekes tanoim. Rav Shimon is okay with it, the Rabbanon are not. And we said the reason why the Rabbanon are not okay with it, uh, the reason why Rav Shimon's okay with it is because he doesn't hold that the, he doesn't hold like Rav Yechanan, meaning he holds that the concern is not adultery, rather it's a concern of finances, that it's a concern of nichse malug. And that is that if it's predated, the Rabbanon are against it because they're concerned uh, with either Rav Yechanan because of uh, adultery, or if it's finances, they're concerned that if it's predated, then what's going to happen is, according to the Rabbanon, she, uh, she, 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 the husband has the rights to it until it's signed. So let's say it's written June 5th, but it's signed June 10th. So she's going to claim that he has no rights after June 5th, even though it's not true, but that's when it's that's when the date is. So she's going to sue him in court for all the... the she's going to mess him over. Rav Shimon disagrees, because Rav Shimon holds that the husband uh, loses the rights to Nechzim from the moment that it's written. Okay. But the, the kids are in Maisa, you need it to have the proper date. If it has no proper date, it's going to lead to issues. Now here's the Gemara's Kasha. The Gemara's Kasha is like this. Amrle Ravina Lerava. Ravina says to Rava the following concept. Kosve. Let's say a husband writes the divorce document June 5th and has it signed June 5th, but he doesn't want to deliver it. Why? He wants to hold on to it. Why? He's going to marriage counseling. He doesn't want to give it yet. He wants to give himself some time. He keeps it in his pocket for a month and then he delivers it, right? You could do that. But why? That also undermines. I mean, the whole Indian. And according to Taisus Rid, this is only according to Rav Yechanan. So let's go with Rav Yechanan. According to Rav Yechanan, the reason why the get has to be written and signed on the same day is because we're afraid that a woman will commit adultery when she's married. But the get will be predated, or the get won't allude to that. So she'll commit adultery June 1st when she was married, but the divorce document will be you know, dated for the previous month, even though she's still married because it wasn't delivered yet. And he's gonna, so the question is, so why is this okay? So he writes it and signs it June 5th. Doesn't deliver it till two weeks later. Yeah. Everyone's fine with that. Because he took two weeks to deliver to, 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 to think about it. But wait a minute. So that means that it seems from the document she was jo- divorced June 5th, but she wasn't for two weeks later. Which means that if in, in between that time she commits adultery, 
she's going to seem to be innocent based on the document, even though she isn't. So why are we okay with that? That could happen. And the Gemara says, meaning so, then then isn't that undermining the whole premise? The answer is, People don't generally write gittin to hold on to it. Meaning divorce is something that's so unpleasant, people only do it when they have to. So the concept of a person writing a divorce in order to have it in his pocket is so strange, and therefore it's not shchiyach, you're right, it does undermine it a little bit, but it's so not shchiyach, it's not, uh, it's not top of our concern. Because it's not shchiyach. Says the Gemara, okay, I'll give you something that is relevant. So far with Daf Yudchas, we've had 17 Dafim of basically this case, which is, you're sending a get from America to Eretz Yisrael, right? You have to say, So think about it. It's written and signed, in Eretz Yisrael, in Nisan. And they had to deliver it by boat. Took six months. It's handed to her in Tishrei. So she's only divorced in Tishrei, but it seems like she was divorced for six months already. Which means if she commits adultery in that in between that time period, while it was adultery, she may not be punished for it because the get implies that she was already single. So why aren't you concerned? The Mamish undermines the entire premise. So the answer is, Hanukkah Isle. Getting divorced from overseas, people know about it. Word gets out. And people know, don't trust the date on the document because it wasn't delivered till later. What people know when, when it was sent from America to Eretz Yisrael, there's a certain, there's a certain rumor. People, the word gets out. And therefore, because there's a reputation about it, there's no concern of uh, any misunderstandings. Okay, Itmar, here's the kasha. We know there's a concept called Havchana. Havchana means that when a woman gets divorced, she can't remarry for three months. Why? Because we're afraid she's pregnant. Right. Imagine she gets divorced today and gets remarried the next day, gets married to someone else the next day, and then she gives birth nine months later. You're not going to know who the father is. So you've got to wait three months to find out if she's pregnant. The question is, is it three months from when the get is written or when the get is delivered? So it's my... When do you count the three months for the get? Rav says from when the divorce is delivered. Shmuel says, no, you don't have to wait from when it's delivered. It's from when it's written. Once it's already written, that's you could already assume that they're not together. The reason being is because there's a special halacha. Once a get is written, and even before it's delivered, if the husband and wife are together and, and have relations, the get is puzzled. Therefore, you could assume that from the time it's written, they're not together anymore. So if it's written... In, in, in Tishrei, you could assume three months later, even if it wasn't delivered, you know, until two months later, you could assume three months from after it's writing, she's not pregnant anymore. Okay. So it means according to Shmuel, it's from when it's written, not from when it's delivered. Which means an interesting premise that you could have. According to Shmuel, you could have two husbands, uh, a husband has two wives. He gives them divorce documents on the exact same day. One is allowed to remarry and one is not. How so? One of them was written three months ago, and one was written yesterday. So isn't that a strange thing, that you have two wives, both getting a divorce document on the same day, but one's allowed to remarry, one has to wait three months. You have two wives of the same husband. One has to wait three months, and one doesn't. They both deliver the debt to get on the same day. So Gemara says, no, I'm really buy it. What's the kasha? Zuzman get mechilov, Zuzman get mechilov. What's so strange? They both have different dates on the divorce document, meaning it's from when it's written. So you're right, it's delivered on the same day, but this one has three months prior to the date that it's delivered. So 
it's clear from the document that it's three months. As long as you wait three months, uh, they're both delivered on the same day, so how could they be different? Because they both have different dates on when it was written. So you have a machlekes of when do you wait from for Havchana, is it from the time it's written, from the time it's delivered? Tanik of us the Rav, Tanik of us the Shmuel. Is the price of the packs of Rav and the price of the packs of Shmuel? Tanik of us the Rav is the price of the packs of Rav. It says Hashalech get leishtoi. If you send it, get to your wife. So it's written in Tishrei. And the Shliach took three months to deliver it. So by the time it gets to her hand, it's three months since it's written. You have to wait three months. Meaning, it's three months for when it's delivered, not for when it's written. I Let me ask you a question. Even if you have to wait three months, but it took three months to be delivered, why aren't you concerned that maybe the husband and wife lived together after it was written, in which case it's a get puzzle? We'll get We're not concerned. Meaning, stop. You have a you send a get from America to Israel. It takes three months. We said it's kosher. That's the entire premise of this masechta till now. Why aren't you concerned that they live together in between? Making the get called the get yashin. It's a puzzle get. If a husband and wife live together after it's written, before it's delivered, it's puzzle. The answer is They were never they were never miyachid together. Meaning, it's the, the cases where they're not in the same area. So because they're not living in the same house anymore, that's when it's fine. If they were miyachid together, then it would be a problem. But you see from this brisa very clearly that it's three months from when it's delivered, not from three months from when it's written. That's like Rav. Time to give us this shmuel. We have a brisa back to shmuel. The price says, Hamashus get lishtoi. Someone gives a guy uh, gives a shliach a get, and he says like this: I want you to deliver it to my wife in three months. Don't deliver it now. Wait three months. Okay. He says to him, "Listen, give the here's the get. Take it, but I only want you to deliver it in three months." The halacha is He gives it to her after three months. The day that he gives it to her, she could remarry. Why? Because it was three months from when it's written. We'll get Yashin and again the same thing. We're not worried about get Yashin because they were never miyachid together. So you have Machlekes Rav and Shmuel, Rav Kana, Rav Papi, Rav Ashi, Ovid B'Shas Ksiva. Rav Kana, Rav Papi, and Rav Ashi they would wait three months from when it's written, like Shmuel. Rav Papa, Rav Huna, Brayd, Rav Yoshia, Ovid B'Shas Ksina. Rav Papa and Rav Huna, Brayd, Rav Yoshia followed Rav, and they waited from three months from when it's delivered. The Elchus and B'Shas Ksiva, and the Halacha follows Shmuel. That is from when it's written, you have to wait three months. Itmar, another Halacha. We know that Shmita cancels all loans, cancels all debt, all loans. Now, the question is, when does it cancel Aksuba? Now, obviously, it doesn't cancel Aksuba when they're married, because it, Shemitah only cancels debts that are owed money. The, it's not owed until you divorce. But you divorce your wife, right? Now you have to pay her Aksuba. You have to pay the, the dowry in the Aksuba. Now, the question is, at what point does Shemitah cancel it? Now, one of the major factors is Shemitah only cancels individual debts, not debts that are put upon you by Bezdin. So Shemitah doesn't automatically cancel Aksuba because Aksuba is called Tanai Bezdin. It's it's a requirement by Bezdin. It's not like it's not like the husband owes her the money because they made a deal and she lent him money. He pays because that's Bezdin requires you to pay Aksuba. But at some point, it's possible for the Ksuba requirements to become a regular loan debt, in which case Shemitah would cancel. So the question: When does that happen? So it's a Machlekes Rav and Shmuel. Itmar, me'emes haksuba mishmetas. When does when does the ksuba cancel by shmita? Rav amem mishetivko and betiskoif. Rav holds you need two things to take place. You have to begin to pay back. You see, when you begin to pay back the loan, the ksuba, then first of all it makes it that she's now asking for payment. But also, once you begin to pay it back, then it already is beginning to change. But you also need tiskoif, which means the wife has to stipulate. 
don't know if it's necessarily in writing or she has to verbalize in front of witnesses that it's no longer a ksuba. She looks at it as a, a, a debt of a loan. Meaning, let's say she's owed $500 because of the ksuba. He pays back $10, so he already started the payment. And she said, you know what, we'll look at the rest of the 490 as not a ksuba obligation, but as a loan. If she's interested, I don't know why she would do that. But if she says that, so you need both. You need to begin payment and you need for her to stipulate that she, that it's the rest is a loan and not a, a debt of a the debt of a loan and not the debt of a ksuba. You need both. Shmuel says no, either or. If you begin to pay it back, that's already it converts to a, a loan that that the that Shmita cancels it. Even if you don't stipulate that it's a loan. Or zakva pogma. Or the opposite. If you stipulate it's a loan, even if you didn't pay back a penny, if she says, don't look at it as a ksuba, just look at it as, as you owe me $500, like a loan. So either one. So Rav holds you need both, and Shmuel holds either one. When is the ksuba obligations canceled by Shemitah? If you need both. And the Bryce speaks it out. Pogma Velizakva, Zakvali Pogma, one without the other. Inamashmetas, I should take Vitigva. You need both. Mamish like Rav. Tanikavas is Shmuel. We have a Bryce of Shmuel that merely, that you don't need both, and merely stipulating that the loan, that the Ksuva is a loan, even if you didn't pay back a penny, that itself is enough for Shemitah to cancel it. Because the Bryce says, Oynis, which is uh, if you rape a woman, you have to pay a penalty. Knas, which is if you, uh, Motsi Shemra, about your wife, you have to pay a penalty, or Pitoy, if seduction, these are all knosses. Now, a knas, it's a penalty from Bezdin, you don't, that the Shemitah doesn't cancel it, but again, at some point, it becomes a loan. Or Ksuvas Isha, or Ksuva, all of these things, Shizikvan Bemalve, if they perceived as a loan, if they become a loan, Mishamitan, then Shemitah cancels it. By the way, you see from here that you don't have to pay it back. Merely having it transferred as a loan is enough for Shemitah to cancel it. Now, how do you can how do how is it uh, how does it turn into a loan? When does it turn into a loan? From the time that Bezdin requires you to pay, then it becomes a loan, which is a very interesting. I'm not hundred percent sure why, but the the Gemara is telling us that for something to be converted from a penalty or a Bezdin requirement to a regular debt. You either need the woman to say, I'll perceive it as a debt, or if Bezdin sends out, like, let's say she's not getting the Ksuva payment, so she goes to Bezdin, and Bezdin says, you gotta pay, and they write it up, he has to pay her, then it becomes a debt, which is very interesting. That, that, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's, I checked up, yeah, Bezdin, once the Bezdin says you're obligated to pay, there establishes loans owned by the owned by the perpetrator. That's interesting. Okay, fine. Okay. Now, we said before that by a get that's predated is a problem. Why? Because some obligations kick in from the time of the... That was the Machlegis of Shimon and the Rabbonon as to when the Nechse Melug payments, when does he, the husband no longer have right to the Nechse Melug. The Rabbonon feel from when the Ksuba is signed... Uh, Rav Shimon feels from when the ksuba, uh, from the, when the get is signed, and Rav Shimon feels it's from when the get is written. So the question: What about a ksuba? Can you have a predated ksuba, which happens a lot? La halacha, by the way, you have a, a scenario a lot of times in halacha, and that is that a lot of times in halacha you have it where the the ksuba is written during the day, but the ch- the chuppah, um 
the chuppah only. Oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, actually, we generally don't have this problem as much because we don't sign it. We usually sign right away. There are some people that sign it onto the chuppah, and then if the chuppah is a different day, that's a shikl problem. But but anyway, so the question is, what if I have a ksuva that's written one day and signed a different day? So it says the Gemara, Amr Shmuel ksuva kemaisa bezdin. The shmu uh, ksuva is a requirement of bezdin, and ma ma'isa bezdin nechtam bayyav nechtam balayla. Just like bezdin, it could be written one day and signed another. Af ksuva nechtam bayyav nechtam balayla. So the ksuva could be written one day and signed another. I Meaning, what's what's the shot? Why is it that a loan document that's predated is an issue? Very simple. The document says that the loan took place June fifth, but it didn't. It really took place, let's say, June seventh. The problem with having a predated loan. The problem with having a predated loan is that when a person takes a loan, not only do you have to pay, there's a lien on the business. So what it makes is it makes properties encumbered. What that means is, so let's say I I borrowed a thousand dollars, you now have a thousand dollar claim to me. You're also able to collect it from my property. And if I sold property to someone else, you can now take it from them. Now, therefore, it's very important to know when the loan took place because obviously the lien only takes place at the time of the loan. If the loan, if the document is is dated before the loan actually took place, that's a major issue because the lien takes place at the time of the loan, not the time of the signing and not the time of the document. The halacha is, though, that exuba is different. The obligations that the husband has to the wife, the lien on his property and all the requirements that he has to pay back his wife is not from when it's signed, it's from when it's written. So therefore, if the ksuba is written, uh, you know, on Yudal of Tishrei, even if it's signed that night, it doesn't matter because it's not like a regular loan where the 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 obligation does not take place from when it's written. Over here, it takes place from when it's written. The second the ksuba is written, now you have to pay. It's like a mesa bezin. Therefore, it doesn't matter when it's signed. The signing is irrelevant. The lien takes place at the time of the writing. Therefore, it doesn't matter. You could write it today and sign tomorrow. That's what the Gemara says. Now, the Gemara says as a proof to this, this is Shmuel talking. So the Gemara says, Ksuvta Barav got married, and his ksuba, it was written that day, but it was signed the following night. So it was a different halachic day. So Rav and Rav was there and he didn't object. We know that Rav and Shmuel always argue. So the fact that Rav didn't object means that he must follow Shmuel, that Iksuba could be written in one day and signed the following night. It must be that Rav, who did not object, followed Shmuel, that Iksuba could be written, let's say, on Monday afternoon and signed Monday night, which is already Halachic Tuesday. So Amrav was in, oh no, the Gemara says, no, the answer is in general, Rav feels that Iksuva has to be written and signed on the same day. The only reason why it was okay was because over there, it wasn't like they wrote it and then, you know, went to go take a jog and, and take a swim and then came back. They were Isaac. They were dealing with the negotiations and reading the Iksuva and writing the Iksuva and they lost track of time. But because they were Isaac in the Ksuba the whole time, it's clear, meaning Rav holds that it has to be that it's signed the same day of the writing. The difference is over there, while it was not technically the same day, but because they were still Isaac in it, everyone knew that they really wanted to sign earlier, and therefore it wasn't a problem leading to other cases. Um, the way Rashi describes it is Kala Isle, that because they were Isaac in the Indian of the Ksuba, Kala Isle. Um, <coughs> Sorry, the Gemara says, yeah. It's Rav holds that if Oisukin by say Indian, it's fine. The Gemara says the Tanya Amrav Elazar of Tzadik Loishon Olal Kasheinu Oisukin by say Indian. Oisukin by say Indian Kasher. The whole thing, the whole 
problem that documents are to be written in one day and signed that night, so right, the whole problem is you're afraid of the lien of the property. Is that, but everyone knows if they're Isaac in, in the Indian, that everyone knows that although it's signed technically a different day, but everyone knows that they're Isaac by Isaac Indian, everyone knows therefore it's not a concern. Yeah. People will know that the loan takes place at the time of the writing. Yeah. Um... Now, okay. Now, the last part of the sugya is we said that Rav Shimon was machsher on a predated get. Why? So, Amarav, in my time with Rav Shimon, I said this yesterday, I explained this yesterday, that Rav Shimon feels the reason why you need a, a date on the get is in order to, uh, is because of the financial issues. And the reason why Rav Shimon's okay with a predated get is because the whole concern is that when it's written in one day and signed another day. The husband has rights to the Nechse Melug until it's signed, but it looks like he it looks like it was signed earlier, and therefore she's gonna sue him. You know, let's say again, the date on the document is June first, the get is June first, but it wasn't signed until June fifth, yeah. So the problem is that between June first and June fifth, he still has rights to the Nechse Melug because he has it until it's signed. But she's gonna claim they were divorced June first, and she's gonna sue him. So why is Rishimin okay with it? Because Rishimin holds that you forfeit your rights of the of Nechzimilug the second it's written. So therefore, if it says June first, doesn't matter when it's signed. He already lost the rights on June first. There's no way she could sue him unlawfully. If she sues him, it's for the right reason. Therefore, Rishimin is machshav with a predated get. This has to do with yesterday. Amr Rishlakish. Now, Rishimin is okay with a predated get, which means again, it's written June first, but signed June tenth. Now here's uh, June fifth. Here's the problem. I mentioned before that if the husband and wife have relations between the writing and the delivery, it causes the get to be puzzle. So how much days in between can we assume that they didn't have relations with each other? Like, there's a certain point. Like, if you write a get, and then it's signed a year later, I mean, between that year, you got to assume that maybe maybe they reconciled for a night. So how many days is Rav Shimon okay with having between the writing and the signing? So the Gemara says, It has to be right away. Anything more than 10 days, law is a problem. Go to the next page. Because we're afraid that maybe they reconciled and they had relations and it caused the get to be puzzled. Rav Yechon disagrees. He says, no, it could be more than 10 days. Why? If they had reconciled, you would have known about it. She would have told her friends. Uh, the witnesses would have found out. And the fact that you don't know about any reconciliation tells you that they didn't, and therefore it doesn't matter the amount of time in between. We're not concerned about reconciliation because we would know about it. Itmar. Omar la sara kisfugelishti. Okay. It's a concept like this. A guy tells... 10 people, write a get for me. Write a get for my wife. So, we had this on Shavuos night. The question is, how many of the people have to serve as witnesses? What does he mean when he says to 10 of them to sign? So, says the Gemara, All 10 have to sign, but the first two that are signing are witnesses. And the other eight also have to sign, but they're not witnesses. The only ones that are witnesses are the first two. The remaining eight are not witnesses. Rather, they're there to stip- to fulfill the stipulation. Meaning, when this person said to ten of them, I want you to sign my get, he wasn't making it ten Adam. There's no such thing as ten Adam. There's only two Adam. But he stipulated. He make like a tonight. Listen, you can make a tonight all you want. You could say the get is only good if I hop on one foot. You have to hop on one foot. So this guy basically made a stipulation that the get is only good 
if 10 people sign it. So the first two people are serving as witnesses. The other eight people also have to sign, but they're not witnesses. They're just fulfilling the stipulation that's needed to have all 10 sign. We'll see in the Gemara what, what is the purpose if they have to sign, then what, what, what does it matter if they're witnesses or not? We'll see. That's Rav Yechanan. Rishlokish disagrees, no kulm shemedim. Rishlokish says, in this get, there are 10 Edom. It says, Machlokish, all 10 have to sign. The question is, are the last 8 Edom, or are they just there to fulfill the stipulation? Hey, Chidami, now what's the case? It has to be, the Gemara's going to speak it, it has to be where you said kulchem. Because if you didn't say kulchem, then you definitely don't have to sign. The Gemara says, If you didn't say kulchem, you just said to 10 of them, Kisvugelishti, then, Hatsanan, Amr Lassar, Kisvugelishti, If you say to 10 people, write a get for my wife, only two people have to sign it. Because the assumption is that what you're telling them is not all of them have to sign. You're just saying, basically, between the 10 of you, can you guys take care of it? But if you say kulchem, it means you're, everybody has to sign. It must be you said kulchem. Okay, so now here's the Shiloh. Rav Yechon Rish Lagish are both hold that 10 have to sign. The Machlegis is, are the last eight functioning as witnesses, or are they functioning as fulfilling a stipulation? What's the difference? They have to sign anyway. So the Gemara says, Ma'ibinayu, what's the difference? The case is where two of them signed right away, and then eight of them signed two weeks later. Right? We said that if there's a gap between, right, you can't have a predated get, which means the Edom have to sign the day that it's written. The question is, if all ten are Edom, then all ten have to sign the day that it's written. But if two of them are Edom, then they have to sign the day that it's written. The other eight are just merely fulfilling a stipulation. They could do it two weeks later because they're not serving as Edom. Another nafkamina inami. What if two of the? What if one of the group, one of the ten people, is puzzle? It's puzzle aid. If all ten of them are Edom, then it's puzzle. But if all, if two of them are Edom and eight of them are Tanoim, then as long as two of them are kosher, then it's fine. Oh, so now the Gemara just wants to clarify. According to Rav Yochanan, Rav Yochanan was the one who said that eight of them are fulfilling a stipulation. That would mean that two of them are witnesses, eight of them are stipulation. So if they all sign, even if one of them is puzzle, it's fine because the the ones that are kosher, as long as there's two kosher, you're fine because those are only two eight of them. The other eight don't have to be a kosher eight. They're just writing on the paper because that's the stipulation. So the Gemara says like this. According to Rav Yechanan, you could have a puzzle person sign because they're not serving as witnesses. But says the Gemara, it's a machlekes. What if the first person that signed is puzzle? Meaning, you, yeah, technically you have to have two, only two them. So two of them are kosher, it should be fine. But what if the first person that signed is puzzle aid? Does that matter according to Rav Yechanan? So why would it matter? I'll explain in a moment. If the first person that signed is puzzle, it's what Rav Yechon would say about this. Some say it's fine because as long as there's two valid witnesses on the document, I don't care. The other eight are not witnesses anyway, so what does it matter when the puzzle person signed first, signed last, it doesn't matter. But some say it's puzzle. Why? Because they're afraid that if the first person that signs puzzle aid, then eventually people are going to apply this to other documents. You see... If the, one, if the guy that's puzzles all the way at the bottom of the 10, so everyone knows this is such a strange thing, 10 people signing, fine. But if the first person signs puzzle aid, then people are going to start using puzzle aid on other documents. Now let's just end off. The Gemara, we had a Shaila of if the two people sign now and then the rest sign two weeks later, it's a machlekes. Um You know, actually, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pick this up tomorrow. Continue something like that. We'll pick it up on Sunday. All right, stop here.